I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is an entertainment podcast, and the research we do may come from semi-unreliable sources. Welcome to Research Rebuttal Podcast, the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. Each week, one of us will be the researcher, and one of us will be the guesser. I'm Rachel Teichman, and this is Paige Dempster. Hello. And today, we're going to discuss why smartphones don't have built-in thermometers and the difference between Coke and Pepsi. I'll be your guesser today, and Paige will be the researcher. Let's get rebutted. So smartphones, you and I both have them. Yep. And they're very useful. Not that unknown, but, you know, they can do, do all sorts of stuff. You can check your email, call people. That's what phones are for. Some of them even have like built-in compasses, which I always thought was fascinating. But something they don't have is like a thermometer to measure the temperature of a room, for example. Yeah, why would that be? Yeah, why is that? Would you like to guess? I would love to guess why smartphones don't have thermometers. Proceed. I'm going to start this off with I think there probably are some smartphones out there that have built-in thermometers. Really? I think that might be the case, and I get the feeling that you may or may not have some research to back this up. I don't know. But I do think that probably a few have built-in thermometers. But most mainstream smartphones do not, and I'm going on that assumption. Right. Why is that? Well... I think probably it's an extra piece of hardware that would have to be built into the phone. So it would drive up costs, drive up production needs, engineering, all that. And there's also, I would guess, a little bit less of a demand for it. Like like you can use your flashlight function with certain apps to read, say, your pulse. And that is very useful for people. But outside of the age of COVID, I don't think there's been too much demand for on-the-go temperature checking. Hmm. Well, you have a pretty intuitive case, but it's time to get rebutted, my friend. Let's do it. I will start by saying that you are right. There have been a few smartphones that have had thermometers to measure ambient temperature. Two, two actually. Both made by Samsung. Um, I couldn't remember the name of the second one, but Samsung's Galaxy S4 had one, but it was very inconvenient, and we'll get to that. You mentioned that a reason was because, like, an engineering issue? Yeah. Uh, wrong. Well, not entirely wrong. So it is an engineering issue, yes, and The demand is still there. There are tons of apps on the App Store that, like, claim they can measure ambient temperature, but it's not true. And I, like a smartphone, I'm not going to say iPhone specifically because it's all smartphones. 
do have sensors that can take temperatures, but they're inside the phone. And those sensors are meant to like measure the temperature of like the battery and just the phone in general, mostly the battery, but the entire phone. And fun fact, I've, uh, smartphones are only able to function optimally between 32 and 95 degrees Fahrenheit or zero to 35 degrees Celsius. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. It's why, like, when you take your phone to the beach and you accidentally don't have it under the umbrella, you suddenly can't use your phone for a few minutes because you get that little thermometer icon. That is very relatable and very frustrating when it happens. Yeah, but in order for a smartphone to be able to take, like, the temperature of a room, for example, it would there would need to be, like, an external thing thingy on the device you know what i'm saying well perhaps we could go back to the olden days of flip phones and have instead of an antenna that you pull out when your phone rings oh like a thermometer (laughs) yeah like you know how some phones have a stylus area well replace that with an external pull out thermometer (laughs) we're gonna use the pull out method oh don't say that (laughs) That's the wrong phrase to use in this situation. But, uh, yeah. Hey, baby, can I check your temperature? No! Uh, anyway. So, yeah, there needs to be an external sensor on the phone in order to measure the ambient temperature of the room. But even then, if the sensor, if the external sensor is too close to the phone, there's the risk of it accidentally, you know, catching some of the heat from your phone as it functions. That's why, again, going back to the Galaxy S4, it did have a sensor on the back of the phone to measure temperature, but in order to use it, you would have to stop using your phone, literally take it out of your hands and wait for it to get to a neutral temperature. And only then could you accurately measure the temperature of the room. But even then it would always be like one or two degrees off. It, they were never able to get it perfect. Hmm. So yeah. Uh, thermometer for phone has been something that has been eluding the tech developers, but it's not, it's not per se that there's no demand for it. Like you said, that is absolutely not true. The demand for it is there because I checked the app store and there are a bunch of, bunch of, bunch of different phone apps that claim that they can measure the temperature of the room, but that's not true. Don't download those apps. They are fake and they do not work. Or download them, but know that they're not real. Yeah. Support your local developer. Yeah. Support your local developer. Pull out. Pull out. And now a word from our sponsors. Is your own smartphone beating you at chess again? Consider switching back to the good old Motorola Razr. Remember the good old days with a 0.1 megapixel camera and a free copy of the timeless classic, Bejeweled. Order now at MotorolaRazor2009.com with the code ResearchRebuttal and you'll receive 60 call minutes for free. Motorola Razor, sleek as a Tesla and flatter than Elon Musk's billionaire. Welcome back. So what's the next topic? The next topic is quite a doozy. It took up the large majority of my day as I was doing research because I fell down a hole. It is the Coke and Pepsi debate. I am here for it. Specifically, 
what is the actual difference? And more trivially, which do you prefer? Okay. So let's start with what do you think the difference is? From just a flavor profile difference, Pepsi is more citrusy uh, and sharper, and Coke is more vanilla-y. So from a flavor profile comparison, that's like the primary difference. They are both colas. They are both mass produced. Those are those are the two two of the big differences. Now, I also know that Coca Cola used to be made with cocaine. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe that to be the case for Pepsi, but I could be wrong. Don't find out soon. Great, and let's see what else. Like, like, what differences should I be talking about? Um, you don't have to say much more, but I would like to know which you prefer. Pepsi. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> don't know what it is about it. Maybe I just like being in the minority or something, but I do like Pepsi. I think we're going to piss a lot of people off that both of us prefer Pepsi over Coke. Yeah, I mean, not a lot of people are paying that much attention to us right now anyway. I'll probably get away with it for a while. That's true. Listeners, if you're pissed about us preferring Pepsi, let us know at researchrebuttalpodcast at (laughs) gmail.com. And I'm sorry. I'm not. Okay. I think Coke is older than Pepsi. Oh, yeah. So that was one of my guesses. Yes. Okay. Yeah, uh, you're right. Well, let's start with the easy stuff. Yeah, Coke is older than Pepsi. Coke's been around since 1886. I don't remember who founded it. And Pepsi, Pepsi's only been around since 1965. Oh, wow. <laughs> Pepsi is younger than your parents and my parents. Combined. Yeah, combined. <laughs> like, no wonder that Coke is so much more popular. Because, like, the generation before us grew up on it, which segue into the meat of this topic. (laughs) I should preface this, by the way, by saying, again, that I really fell into a hole here. Like, most of the research we do for this stuff is, like, on the first page of Google. I went digging for this one. I I landed on, like, scientific papers. It was absolutely ridiculous. Oh, God. But anyway, ingredient-wise, Coke and Pepsi, they only have one actual difference these days. Can I guess what it is? Yes, you may. I'm going to say that both Coke and Pepsi have caramel coloring. Yep. They both have sugar. You know, like... Well, in in regular varieties. Yeah. They both have artificial flavoring. Uh, It's actually natural flavoring. But we discussed that. Yeah, we've already discussed that. Same thing, whatever. <laughs> second episode, friends. Yeah, same thing, whatever. And okay, so then that would make the one difference would have to be that Coca Cola has an extract of some type that is meant to taste like cocaine, even though there is no cocaine. Time to get rebutted. Okay. You are wrong. First of all, you missed an an ingredient. They both contain, I believe it's called phosphoric acid. Oh yeah, that's true. Doesn't really matter that much. 
Coke is not the one with the extra with the extra ingredient. It's Pepsi. Oh, yeah. The cocaine the cocaine stuff is all in the natural flavorings. We'll get to that. But like Pepsi, the main difference contains citric acid, which is where that citrus flavor comes from. Oh, this is definitely something I've known before. Is it? It is. is. It really? Okay. It's definitely something I've known yeah, before. You, you came into the seeming to know your stuff on this one. But yeah, so Pepsi's, Pepsi's got citric acid in it, which means if, for example, you go to a restaurant and you're like, hey, can I have a Pepsi? And the waitress is like, no, we only have Coke. It's fine. You just order the Coke, then whip out a little vial of citric acid and just tap a few micrograms into your drink. And then you basically have Pepsi. Perhaps that's how it works. I don't know. But like, yeah, if you add citric acid to Coke, you'll have Pepsi. That is apparently a thing. Let's see. So can we can we try this? Can we have a special episode where we get some citric acid and pour it into Coke and see what happens? If you know where to get citric acid, then be my guest. I know where to get some citric acid. <laughs> can you get citric acid on Amazon? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. So we'll do a special episode where we pour citric acid into Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that Yes, Coca-Cola did contain cocaine for a while. For a long time. Actually, not that long. The Coke was, like, made in, like, 1886, right? Mm-hmm. The cocaine was taken out in 1903. And would you like to guess why it was in there in the first place? I'm going to say that cocaine was in Coca-Cola originally because people liked how it made them feel. My other guess is that it was for medicinal purposes. Yes, you got it on the second try. Yeah, Coca-Cola was a medicine back in the day. Yes, yes, you are correct. It was believed that the combination of carbonated water and cocaine had medicinal benefits, quote-unquote. They sure did something. (laughs) Yeah, it probably definitely made them feel different. I don't know if necessarily in a good way. But yeah, it's taken out in 1903. They do still use coca leaves, yeah, extracted from coca leaves. The coca leaves are now like they're able to extract the part of it that they needed, but you know, uh, with just without the cocaine. And coca leaves is one of the natural flavors that they use. Can I make an educated guess about? Uh, where and when this extraction of the coca leaves happens? Um, I only know where, but you're more than welcome to guess everything else. So I'm going to guess that coca leaves are probably not allowed to be in the United States. So I think that where the coca leaves are grown, they probably harvest them in that country and make the extract there and then ship it to the United States where Coke is then bottled. You are half correct. So yeah, coca leaves aren't allowed in the U.S. No surprise there, but the coca leaves are grown in Peru. Okay. That's according to the Coca-Cola website. And they have apparently, and this is from one of the sources, I believe it was slate.com. They have a special deal with the FDA where they are allowed to get the coca leaves into the country, but 
and, and it's under a very highly supervised process that they extract the quote-unquote natural flavors that they need from the coca leaves. I'll bet it's highly <laughs> private. Yeah. <laughs> highly private, highly, you know, the FDA, like, keeps good track of, like, what happens to those coca leaves. Oh, I bet they, I bet they do. <laughs> yeah. They basically ensure that... Or they get their own cut. I'm sorry? They ensure that they get their own cut. Yeah. Coke basically says the FDA makes sure makes sure that uh, we don't put cocaine in anything. <laughs> and that is a Coca-Cola promise, so don't worry about it. Or do worry about it, depending on your feelings of cocaine. I'm going to give you my own Coca-Cola promise. Uh-huh. When I import coca leaves, I promise I am not snorting cocaine. Thank you for that. What do you know about advertising? I know some things. A few general things? I know some things about advertisement. Yeah. Because apparently, and this is where, like, this is where I, like, started falling down a hole in my research. There was a huge advertising campaign by Pepsi and like starting in 1975 that went like all the way through the 80s. Basically what they did was like Pepsi would set up like a little kiosk and a person would pour Pepsi into one cup and Coke into the other, both like red solo cups unlabeled. And they would invite people up like, hey, try this one and see what you prefer. So people would take the uh, take a drink and... I believe, yeah, 64% of people prefer Pepsi to Coke. I've heard of this experiment. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. That's that's from a different area. Six, 64% of people today prefer Coke to Pepsi. But back in the 80s when they were running this experiment, the vast majority of people, quote unquote, seemed to prefer the flavor of Pepsi to Coke. And I poured over like a lot of articles and I couldn't find an exact percentage of how many people for the Pepsi to the Coke, but regardless. Can, do I get to guess what they did? Sure. <laughs> I think, if my memory serves me, <laughs> they put cold Pepsi in the cup and then gave that to people. Oh, I didn't read about that part. I only skimmed the scientific article. <laughs> But I got the information I wanted. Great. If so many people preferred, like, the taste of Pepsi to Coke, the question was, then why do so many people prefer Coke over Pepsi? Advertisement. Yes, exactly. <laughs> because Coke was around for such a long time, at the point they were doing this experiment, it was like 100 years, they had already, like, worked their way into all of the industries that, like, say an office has, like, a soft drink machine like and that soft drink machine has coke and not pepsi and like say a sports stadium is selling drinks they sell coke but not pepsi it's because coke is already everywhere so it's just been like ingrained into people's head at that time already but people actually preferred the taste of pepsi but so many more people prefer coke because it's just around them so they already it's just familiar to them, so they pick it instead. <laughs> because another part of the experiment, the person at the kiosk would pour Pepsi into a Coke bottle and then Coke into a Pepsi bottle, all labeled, and they would, like, 
a person would walk up and the the research would be like oh which do you prefer coke or pepsi and they're like oh i prefer coke and then like to quote unquote like confirm their choice the researcher would hand them the coke bottle full of pepsi and the pepsi bottle full of coke and like the person at the kiosk would drink the bottles and they're like yeah i still prefer coke even though it's pepsi in the coke bottle do you see what i'm getting at i have a problem with this because i know that i can tell the difference but that there's the thing some people can't tell the difference i wasn't able to tell the difference between coke and pepsi till i was like 21 and i'm 23 true true like it's a thing there's yeah. only one there's only a one ingredient difference and it's citric acid that's true it just makes pepsi a little tangier you know so like it's a thing true some people aren't able to tell the difference between coke and pepsi like flavor wise but they've been surrounded by coke their entire life not cocaine but coca-cola so they're just used to preferring coke to pepsi mm-hmm. i don't know why i'm getting so worked up over this but i, I really am let's see the the scientific article i read about it is actually really interesting and anyone that's like remotely interested in like how advertising works or like the psychology behind any of this you should really go check it out it's very interesting and we'll include all the research in the show notes yeah check the show notes it's from webarchive.org i had to go to the wayback machine to get this article the first article i found was from insider.com and I was like, oh, Insider.com, they have, you know, pretty semi-reliable sources. This was the most biased article towards Coke I had ever read. It was ridiculous. Can I make some guesses? Sure. <laughs> well, okay, you said biased toward Coke. Yep. I'm going to say that, like, they used really positive adjectives when talking about Coke in general. But then when they talked about Pepsi, they were like that disgusting secondary beverage Ooh, harsh they weren't that harsh though like i can tell that the person who wrote this article i'm pretty sure the person was a college student actually because they talk about like oh my college was a coke campus so i can only assume that they're either in college or fresh out of college when they're writing this but Remember that thing you said in the beginning, like, oh, Coke is more vanilla, vanilla E and Pepsi's more citrusy? Yeah. They said that in the article, which is why I was so shocked that you used those exact, like, words to describe it. Well, I think it's, like, pretty common, like, especially when talking about those two things and talking about flavors in general. Mm. Yeah, this author describes Coke as a vanilla raisin flavor. Hmm. I don't know... I don't know. Do you taste ra- like raisin in Coke? Because I don't. Um, not like offhand, but whenever you're talking about flavor profiles, lots of different words come up. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I I see it. I don't think raisin would be like the first or even second adjective I used to describe Coke. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but like. Yeah, so Coke has a more vanilla raisin flavor, while Pepsi has a more of a citrus flavor. And then they said, because of this flavor difference, Coke goes down smoother than Pepsi. Well, I think that is an opinion, and I think it is a wrong opinion. I agree with you. 
So if we were crafting cocktails, let's yeah. say rum and Coke or uh -huh. rum and Pepsi. Uh huh. How would you do it? Well, I mean, rum is my favorite alcoholic beverage, and I already do rum and Pepsi because that is, my dad is also a Pepsi person. And that's usually all we have in the house. Right. So when you're putting together this cocktail, what's your process? Um, you know, I just like pour a couple shots of rum. I don't, I never measured the alcohol. So that usually leads to some strong drinks by accident. But, you know, I just pour to my heart's content of rum. And then I'll just mix it with a can of Pepsi. <laughs> that makes sense. It's a very straightforward cocktail recipe. Yeah, I like Pepsi throwback. Because uh, it's like the quote-unquote original Pepsi recipe. Yeah, that's a whole thing. That is a yeah. whole thing. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. I have a, another little tidbit of the marketing research. The whole marketing thing that Pepsi is doing with the kiosks and the taste testing. It has been dubbed the Pepsi Challenge. And it is a marketing ploy that took place between 1975 and 1989. And during this time, Coke's sales like actually kind of tanked. Like it, it's the lowest market share they ever had, apparently, was during this time. Wow. And Coke, in retaliation, tried to come up with a new formula to try to beat out this new Pepsi. Coke. <laughs> yeah, new Coke. That's exactly what it was hit the shelves in like the early 1980s and people absolutely hated it. Apparently Coca-Cola got 400,000 letters of of complaining customers to their headquarters <laughs> in like the mid 1980s alone. It was a so, genius marketing ploy to do that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, I 100% buy into the conspiracy that they did this just to stir attention. It was. <laughs> it was their counterattack. Yeah, I 100% believe that that's what they were doing. Yeah, you are You are right. That is what Slate.com stated, which is one of my research things. But anyway, so New Coke totally bombs. Coca-Cola's like, all right, all right, we're going to put up our old recipe so you know without the cocaine like mid 1980s like 1985ish now they put up coca-cola classic which is you know their quote-unquote original recipe and a ton of people come back they all buy this coca-cola classic and then new coke is slowly phased out while coca-cola classic just becomes coke and they all live happily ever after except for pepsi that's, you know, their whole Pepsi challenge was a kind of all for naught because Coke came back out on top. Yeah, but soda sales in general have gone down in the last couple of years. Have they? Yeah, they have. Um, this oh, is probably a topic that. for another episode, but... Yes, in general, soda sales have, have gone way down in the last few years. In fact, bottled water, I don't remember what year it was. I think it was 2018. I don't know, and I'm not about to fact check this. All right. But um, I think it was 2018 when sales of bottled water exceeded sales of soft drinks. Wow, that's really impressive. Yeah. I love that. As a person that consumes 
way too much bottled water. I mean, like, uh, part of it's good, but then, like, part of me is kind of worried because, you know, soda canes are easily recyclable, while, God forbid, a plastic bottle ends up in a landfill, we're not going to see it deteriorate for a thousand years. Right. Yeah, that is a big concern of bottled water and especially bottled sodas in general. Like, I know. I don't. Soda shouldn't be in a bottle, man. Just leave it in a can. I agree. I want like a huge industrial size can of Coca Cola. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Pepsi. I'm a Pepsi girl. I forgot. Like, you know who else was a Pepsi girl? Who? Britney Spears. Really? <laughs> Yeah. Well, where does that where did that come from? Well, Pepsi always had their their campaigns of of who the different Pepsi girls were. And oh, Britney, Britney Spears, Spears was one of them. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, you're going to you're going to have to fall down a YouTube hole after this because uh it's good. I've fallen down enough research holes today, thank you. But yeah. that's impressive. But I want like a big steel oil drum full of Pepsi. I guess I've been rebutted today. I really did a good job rebutting you. You did. You did a I'm great proud job. Of myself. Thank you. I'm proud of you. If you want more Research Rebuttal Podcast, you can go to Facebook and Instagram and search at Research Rebuttal Podcast, or you can go to Twitter at Research Rebut. You can find more episodes wherever you're getting your podcast. We're nowadays we're on Apple, we're on Acast, we're on Spotify. We're on almost everything right now. And if you subscribe and maybe even leave us a five-star review, shout out to the one person who left us a five-star review recently. I don't know who it was who did that, but I, I appreciate you. I love you. I also love you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That Honestly, that helps us out so much. You can send us topic suggestions or you can DM us. You can send us an email at researchrebuttalpodcast at gmail.com. We, uh, we love you. Thank you. Goodbye. Mountain Dew in a hospital? <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.